So faith comes by hearing, and I add, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing the Word of God. When we hear over and over, we develop faith. And that's a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing. Because if you're always hearing negative and terrible things over and over and over again, this will mess you up. You know why? After a while, it becomes your worldview. After a while, you start believing that, even if it's not true. If people keep on telling you you're not worth anything, you're not worth anything, you're not worth anything, after a while, you will start to believe that, or you'll be tempted to believe that, or you'll question yourself. So we need to make sure that we filter the things that we're hearing and hearing and hearing over again. God's the one that made our brain. I'm going to say it again. God's the one that made your brain. So he knows the way it works. So he told Joshua, Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and you'll make your way prosperous. God did not say that God would make his way prosperous. He said, Joshua, if you meditate on my word day and night, you will make your own way prosperous. Did did you hear that? See, you have a clear, defined pathway to success. But you have to make sure that you are investing in your mind the right things over and over and over again. Every morning, do you brush your teeth? Oh, my God, only like four people said they brush their teeth. (laughs) There's several things you do every morning. Every morning, you put on a a clean, for guys, clean T-shirt, right? Oh, my God, we're in trouble. <laughs> I think you and I, we put clean t-shirts. The other guys just say, they, they go. <laughs> hey, listen, there are people that actually do that. Not me, man. I want my clean t-shirt every single morning. I don't care. I want a clean t-shirt. And you put it this way. There are times I've, I've been in travels, and I found that I have one less t-shirt than I thought I should have had. I go, oh, man. Thank God for dryers. I'm serious. Handheld dryers? Because I wash my own T-shirt and everything else, my socks and everything. I wash them. This is the way we wash our clothes. Wash our, I don't care. I wash them, dry them, and then once I, I get them as dry as I can, and I will make sure I have myself a clean T-shirt. There are several things we do every day. And champions and very successful people have habits. And they do it every day. They're fastidious about it. They make sure they do things every day in the same order. They exercise every day. They eat at the same time as much as they can. They don't eat certain foods all the time. And they do things on purpose. But that comes from hearing. Hearing what? How to eat. How to exercise. How many of you do push-ups every day? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man, I think we've, is this quickly becoming a therapy session? <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, there are things that we should be doing every day. As I say, I, I changed my, my, we should be doing. But the truth of the matter is, innately we know that. But I love the fact, and marketers know this, we're always looking for the magic pill. Man, can I get that blue pill? I take it and suddenly I go from this to woof. Right? And for what about you ladies? 
That blue pill, what would you like with that blue pill if it could magically do something for you? Huh? Lose weight, okay, all right. But you know, we have in our power to do that. And we're always listening to the next, uh, I don't know, health guru. You know, and they'll always sell you that $39.99 program, and you buy it. And it's the same thing that the other person sold you a year ago. And it's the same thing that the other person sold you five years ago. I go back, and I used, you know those VHS tapes? I still have them. I still have them. Yeah, I see some of them, and, and they're teaching the same thing. Eat right, exercise. It doesn't change, but we get duped because we're hoping we could sit in our chair and things magically happen to us. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are going, oh, man. I, 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 I was hoping that it would come, that, that, that blue pill would come. No. There are several things that we need to do each and every day. And as a Christian, we understand that. And so when we get to the Word, the Word teaches us how to live. It teaches us what to do. It helps us to make our own way prosperous. But here's the challenge. We need to believe the Word. Do you believe the Word of God or not? And that's the key. Is it the divine inspired Word of God or is it not? Now, I can give you evidence that the Word of God is a miracle book. Because part of the process, and for you that studied that class before we went into summer, know that the Word of God was written throughout a process of what, 1,400, 1,500 years? Over 40 authors, and all of them agree with each other? All of them point to the same Messiah? All of them point to, you know, the, the other verse, and they speak about each other? 1,500 years, and it was five. It's not one book. It's 66 books. So it's a compilation. It's a library. It's a small library of books, the Bible is. But it all clearly gives us instruction for life, for eternity. Who, who do we need to believe? You know, what, how God made us, how we can prosper. That's the good book. It's the really good book. But do you believe it's the word of God? And that is the cutting-edge question of today. Because I am convinced that many Christians today do not really believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Because you can't say you believe that Word and treat it like if it was a, a magazine. If it's truly the Word of God, if God were to come down right now, first and foremost, we wouldn't be alive. We'd all die. But if God were somehow or another able to come right now and you were able to clearly see him and he were to tell you something, how would you treat that word? How would you treat that instruction? Well, look at how men treated him in, in, in days of old. When, when God spoke to Moses, it, it shifted this man. It changed him. When you see these men receiving the word, first and foremost, they would fall like dead men. When they would receive a, you know, a visitation, they would, they would fall like dead men. Even some of the apostles. John himself, he'd fall like a dead man when he'd get an angelic intervention. Is it the word of God? Do you believe 
God's word. So we have to make that definition today because when I get into the rest of it, if you don't believe it, it won't make a shift or a change in your life. At age 15, when I heard God's word, I chose to believe it. And it changed my life. And then things started happening to me individually that I realized, oh my God, this is amazing. I did not know, for example, that my great-grandmother served God. I didn't know that until my dad told me years later. You know why he told me? Because I became an ordained minister. And when I became an ordained minister, my dad told me, oh my God, my grandmother, your great-grandmother told me before she died. She was a Christian, and she says, God's calling me home. But he's telling me to tell you, you're going to have somebody in your family. You're going to have a son, and he's going to be like me. Do we really believe God? Do, real, do we really know God is the almighty God, creator of heaven and earth? The one who created heavens and earth. The one that spoke things in, into existence. Do we really believe the word of God? What did God tell, I mean, sorry, what did the, the serpent tell Adam? Did God really say that? Are you sure? Remember that? Did God really tell you that if you eat of that fruit, you're going to die? See, that's the age-old challenge. The enemy always will try to make that book less than God's word. And he has no problem that you have at home opened up to Psalm 23 or opened up to Psalm 91. Which, which verse do you have it open to? Huh? My, my mother always had the Bible open. It's either Psalms 23 or Psalms 91. He don't care about that. He doesn't care that you even carry it here. He cares when it gets in here. He cares when suddenly you start believing it like if it is the word of God. You know why? It is the word of God. And even the Messiah himself, when he first started his earthly ministry, listen to this. How did he, um, did he respond? He went to the, de the desert. The Holy Spirit sent him to the desert to be tempted of the devil. Why? Because he had to go through everything we go through. So as he's being tempted of the devil, how did Jesus respond when the devil tempted him? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how he responded to the age-old serpent. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, so he himself submitted himself to the word of God. Who do we think we are? We're better than Jesus? That we don't have to submit to the word of God? Perfect place to say ouch, right? <laughs> not amen, but ouch. We have to get back to the word of God. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. So let our minds be renewed. By what? By the transformation. By what? By the word of God. When we hear God's word, we start being transformed. Because when you're saved, here's the issue. When you're saved, your soul is saved. You know, you're, you're saved. You're, you're marked. You're reborn in your spirit, man. But your mindsets, your ideals are still there. Your same, still, your, your same messed up thinking is still there. Now you need to be educated. What do you want? Would you like a nice job where you can make 500000 a year right now? How many would start tomorrow? 
and it will be the biggest mistake you can do. I'm serious. You'll be fired in a day. Because for you to be, paying, uh, be paid $500,000, you know what type of job that is? You're a CEO or COO. You're definitely not a mid-level employee. You are the owner, right? Or you're a surgeon, top-notch vascular surgeon that's making, you know, whatever, 500000 a year, right? Some of you actually say, I'll start tomorrow. You didn't think that through. You should not start tomorrow. If I can guarantee you the job, you say, okay, now how, what do I need to become in order to be that person? Nobody's saying anything. Now I just, I lost like three quarters of you already. See, but, see you, you can actually retro work that. I can ask you, I got the job's yours. Now you become that job. What would you have to do? Would you have to go back to school and learn and prepare? Job's yours, but become that person before you get the job. Have you ever been in the situation or, or know somebody in this situation? They're in this job. They love it. They're doing good. The company loves them. They're effective. Suddenly, because they're effective, now they go to a raise, a raise, a corresponding raise, and also promotion. So they take them out of that department and make them a supervisor of another department, and they absolutely stink because that other department had a higher level of demand and of educational demand, right? Since they didn't have that, they went up to the level of their incompetence. Got it? See, so we have to be very careful. We have to renew our minds. When we come to Christ, first and foremost, church has got to be patient with people. Because people that have been in church for 20, 30 years, a new person comes in, they say, oh, well, you know, why are they dressing that way? What do you care? Let them come and sit down and enjoy the Word of God. Stop being so religious and, 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 and so, I don't know. When you first, yeah, judgmental, right? When you first started, you came in any way you want to. I don't, I don't you know, come, come as you are. And enjoy and, and, and get the word in your spirit, man. I know people come into church, they, the first six months, they're, they're smoking. They're, they go outside of the service, in the middle of the service. They finish the worship, good. <laughs> go right back in and hear the word. But yet they receive Jesus. But they're still working through that habit. And they want to get out, but it, you know, it takes some time. You have to build up your spirit, man, to develop the strength to break through some things. Yeah, that smoker, that, he better get delivered. He better get saved. Well, you better get delivered from a big mouth. Yeah. So I, I, what's the bigger sin? See, the smoking is a sin against your body, your own body. But gossip is a sin to the whole. It, it, it affects everybody. I don't want to say it again because, you know, whoever got it, they're already like, oh. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing. So we have to make sure we're selective in what we're allowing ourselves to hear. You have to take control. Tell your neighbor, take control of the things that you hear. See, because faith arises with that which you hear. And again, it could be positive or negative. If all you hear is junk, after a while, that's all you're going to be responding to. But if you hear God's word, God told Joshua, you will prosper in your way. So my job is to work on my faith. 
God doesn't automatically give you super duper califragilistic espialidocious faith. He gives you a me- You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Super califragilistic. Oh, you know what that is. That's not the longest word. The longest word is pneumono ultramicroscopic silico volcano coniosis. That's the longest word. So don't mess with me, man. Don't mess with me. <laughs> That's the medical term for black lung. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Old, old Testament, in the old times, sorry. Really old times. Um, and especially even now, you go into caves and you, and you uh, get um, cold. So a lot of them would breathe in. They would get something called black lung. And it was uh, very toxic and it killed them. So that was the medical term for that. But that's trivia. But the truth of the matter is, is that we focus on stuff. But many, many Christians are out there, man. You, you talk to them, and they're all over the place. They're not focused. So say to your neighbor, focus. focus. See, faith requires focus. Remember when I was talking to you about the seed? You need to know what type of seed you plant. The farmer knows exactly what he does with his field. He knows that it's 500 feet here, 1,000 feet there, 10,000 feet there. And he knows exactly. They map out where they're going to put the corn where they're going to put, uh, I don't know, squash, the kumquats, the beets. They know exactly what to do and what to do. And to top it off, then they fertilize according to the type of seed that they're going to sow. Because different seeds respond to different types of ground. And according to Mark chapter 4, the, the Bible says that the sower sows the seed. And Jesus explained to uh, his disciples, he says, The sower sows the seed. The seed is the word. And he sows it where? In the heart. So the heart is a ground. And the seed is the word of God. Now, seed, listen to this, people. This will change your life. Seed, it doesn't make a difference how old it is. That stuff has a command on the inside of it. And it holds it in standby or on standby until the day it's set in the proper atmosphere, in the proper environment. All of you are amazing seeds. You just haven't been put in the proper environment as of yet. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God is setting you in the proper place, in the proper environment, so that you can now have an atmosphere conducive for growth. And seed has a command to grow. And one, one of the beautiful things I love about seed And it's the antithesis of poverty, which is the seed never will bear only one thing. It'll bear a fruit that has a lot of seed in it, which means it gives you the potential to continue to sow and sow and sow more and more and more until you get an entire forest. So God has shown us, in just even in the world, that there's no real such thing as poverty in terms of our potential. We see poverty in the world. But potentially, there doesn't have to be poverty because there's more than enough for every single person and every person yet born. The problem is we humans, we create pockets and areas and regions of poverty by taking the the, the great amount to themselves and then hindering it from going to everybody else. So that's why we have poverty in different regions. Now, of course, there could be a natural disaster or catastrophe, but the world itself has more than enough to be able then to send from one area and then repopulate after the tragedy or after the issue. 
right now. We're, we're complaining right now about Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico still has not been put together. But if you look and you study what's happening, it always boils down to the way we misappropriate the things that we have. So usually it comes to the government. Yeah, that government is horrible. Uh, excuse me, what's government? People are government. So it's always man that creates the problem. And then he complains about the problem. And then he wants to blame God about the problem. And God said, don't blame me. I put you on this earth and I made you responsible over this earth. See, God made us responsible. When he created man, and I always say that, but there's always somebody that is hearing this for the first time, so I'll share it. When God created man, he says, I'm putting you here on this earth. You will be my agent. You will be my steward on this earth. You'll be my manager. You're in charge. Anything that happens in this earth realm will be your responsibility. And he empowered them. And he gave them authority in the earth realm. We have God authority in this earth realm. Then he went, he says, I'm creating you different than I create all the other creations, all the other animals and, and every other living thing. I'm creating you in my image and in my likeness. And God speaks things as are not as though they were. So God is, he's creative, and he made us creative. Don't tell me that you went to a community, their buildings, and suddenly they just popped up. You planted a seed, now came a building. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I want a three-bedroom house. <laughs> I want this kind of paint, and these kind of doors, and that kind of window. Okay, so give me that seed. That's a nice seed. Put some water in it. Next morning, you got a big house with a nice big backyard. That's not the way it works, people. Man created the house. Oh, God, bless me with the house. I have. I've given you all the raw material that you need in that earth realm. Go make it yourself. I give you the strength. I give you the wisdom. I give you the understanding. Oh, that, that's not scriptural. Yes, it is. When God told Ab uh, Moses to build a tabernacle, how did he tell them? What were the instructions? Come on, you theologians. He, yeah, he said, take an offering from my people, right? So, so they could build my, and build me a tabernacle. Interesting. He took an offering from people that for 400 years were poor. They were poor. They had nothing. And yet God said, take an offering from my people so I could build my, so you could build my tabernacle so I could dwell among you. God could have easily put a tabernacle there. But it's man that's responsible, so God partners with man. He says, let, your, let my will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. So what does he do with the people, the poor people? As the people leave Egypt, he tells them, go borrow from the Egyptians gold and silver and everything else. So they went to a people that had been beat down. The Egyptians had been beat down with these ten plagues. And they were saying, get out of here. Please get out of here. We can't take you guys anymore. And while they went out, they went out very rich. And so they, they went out with riches into a desert. What am I going to do with gold and silver in the desert? <laughs> well, I'm going to just show up to the, the, the general store in the left desert corner and, you know, I'm going to go to Hilton, the Hilton in the middle of the desert, right? No, there was no Hiltons there in the desert. Now in the desert, there, there, are, there are Hiltons. They are. They really are. But in those days, there weren't. See, God already thought, 
beforehand. I have to resource my people in order for them to build my tabernacle. So when he tells, when he tells them, he's take an offering, they had more than enough. They started giving and giving and giving, and Moses said, okay, okay, we have enough. And then what was the next thing God said? Hmm? The, yeah, and the skills and the craftsmen. He went further than that. Mm-hmm. He said, I've given you these guys. And he called them by name. He says, this one's equipped to work with gold. This one's equipped to, learn, to work with silver and diamonds. This one's equipped to work with animal skins. The miracle is in the house. The miracle is among us already. And God knows you and he knows the gifting he put inside of you. And that's how come sometimes I'll be in charge and sometimes you'll be in charge. Because depending on the project, you might need to be in charge because you're the one that's the heavy in that area. You're the one that has the experience. Right? And then what's the next thing? Ah, there you go. That's what I was looking for. What did he say? <laughs> what did he say? He gave them the blueprint, the instructions. Why would God give blueprints to humans if God could have built that thing himself? He had the blueprint. He knew exactly what he wanted. He's God. He don't need me. He doesn't need you. Or does he? If he's going to do anything in this earth realm, he himself said by his own mouth, man is in charge. So whenever he's going to do something in this earth realm, he speaks to his sons and daughters. He says, my son, my daughter, it is my vision for this region to see this happen. Now who will hear my voice and who will partner with me and make it happen in that area? Because whenever he does something in this earth realm, he works through mankind. You need to understand how important you are in the plan of God. It's not that he's looking for talented people. He's not looking for able people. He's looking for available people. When you're available, God will work through you, and you might not even be the most qualified. But you and God, you're the majority. See, so this is why it's so vital for us to understand the Word of God because the Word of God logos, Scripture, right, will then become a specific word to us in our region. And the next verse, remember I said faith comes by hearing and hearing, hearing? What's the next verse? Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things. And then he goes on to say, Mark 9, 23. If you could believe, all things are possible to him that believe. How many of you know or, or have heard others that are saying that this next generation is not going to be able to do good things? That this past generation saw the highest zenith, the highest apex from now on is downhill here. From, from now on in this nation. How many of you have heard that? I've heard it. I've heard some people say, our sons and daughters are not going to do as good as us. I disagree with that. I think the biggest things are about ready to be hatched, created, formed, brought forth into this earth realm. All it takes is somebody to be available to God, to hear God in this now, in this season. And whoever dares to believe God, God's about ready to blow your mind. I mean, in the last couple of years, in the last couple of years, we literally have come into a place where we're actually living the Dick Tracy season. When I was a child, I used to watch Dick Tracy. The sleuth, remember? Well, we're not at Jetsons yet, but we're almost there. 
We're almost there. Right now, there are cars. There are prototypes, but they're too expensive. Cars drive themselves. Tesla, yeah. And there's people that have already built the the, the cars that are also planes. And some are hovercrafts. So in other words, they can actually, the car can lift up and just do just like a helicopter. The show there, yeah. So we're entering into the Jetson season. We're literally living in it, people. Isn't that exciting? Oh my God, man. That's it. That's it. Tuesday, you're in therapy session. That's all. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. See, because I understand something. Understand. God is the creator of all original thought. God is the creator of all things beautiful and pure, all technologies. God's the creator. The enemy steals it, and he uses it for nefarious purposes. So the, Hollywood would make you want to think that the enemy is more powerful than God, that God is weak, that the enemy is real powerful. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. He's a created angel, and he himself has to submit to God before he can do anything. God Almighty is still in control, and there are concepts, ideas, new medicines. Actually, my opinion, I think the medicines are already out there. I think some are just holding it back. But there are new medicines, new things that are coming on the scene. Are you going to be the one that's going to bring it forth? Literally, 19-year-old people suddenly becoming a billionaire overnight. Because they created something in their backyard or something inside their garage. Billionaires. I'm not even talking a million dollars or ten million dollars or, hey, hundred million. No, you know what a billionaire is? One billion, am I correct in saying it's a thousand million or a hundred thousand million? A thousand million? A thousand million is a billion. Overnight. Are you going to be the next one? If you could believe... All things are possible. And you take that and bring it back to the kingdom of God. Or what about the next pastor? Or what about the next uh, missionary? Or what about the next politician? Some of you are supposed to go into politics. Some of you have to become elected officials. Somebody's going, mm-mm, not me, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, it's a, tough, it's a tough place. But because it's a tough place, we need righteous men and women that are going to create righteous law, that are going to bring balance to the insanity that is happening in this nation. Yeah, some of these people have just got to retire and let new blood come in. And we, need, we need godly, righteous men and women that would stand up there and be as a Joseph and be as a Daniel. Praise God and stand and speak, thus saith the Lord, into our city, into our government, into our nations. Our governor just finished saying, I don't care what anybody says, I'm signing that bill, I'm making this law. That you go to board at any moment, up to the ninth month, make it law that everybody has to obey. We're losing our minds. We're, we're, oh, no, you, you know, we, we need to protect that law. Excuse me, why don't we protect the children? Why don't we protect the children? Let's do options for moms. Not, not go to the Stone Ages, but let's create options. Because that's a child. Listen, if you're born at five, six, seven months, you will survive today. As soon as you come out of the womb, you're living, you're, 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 you're alive. But if you're in there, we could tear you apart. You know, sir, I'm just, uh, I'm not trying to get political here. I, I, I'm being, uh, uh, 
being pragmatic, right? You said common sense? I know, I know you can take it from here. Preachers, man, we, we can cross-pollinate, and you too, I know. <laughs> I know that. But did you know, did you know that common sense is not all that common? We've lost it. We've totally lost it. The other day, a lady went, she did her exercise, and she goes to, clean, you know, to go to the bathroom, and suddenly there's a guy there. So she complains. She complains, and they take away her membership. Because that man stay, stated, well, I address myself as. We've lost it as a nation. And there are people pushing that. And if they have their way, they will shift all reality into this, this alternate reality. Even though fact states differently, facts are no longer important. It's what we feel. Are you aware that the worst person to confide in, not person, but the worst thing to confide is your feelings? The worst one is the feelings, because feelings are like this. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. Any nation that has allowed their government to receive that thinking that it's all about emotion, or every single nation has gone down the tubes. Every single one of them. You see the way Rome, after a while, everything was about uh, um, feelings and emotions and, and experiences. And they would eat and eat and eat until they couldn't eat anymore. Then they would... Uh, and eat, and eat, and eat, just so I can continue experiencing the enjoyment of the grapes. That nation did not last too long. See? We've got to get back to the word of God. My God. It's true, but it hurts. Sometimes truth is tough. Sometimes truth, you know, you got to go, ouch. But he is the truth, the way, and the life. Amen. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Good word. Good word. I got, I, I got the next preacher, right? Amen. Got the next, next preacher. So do we believe the word of God? Yes. And I guess what I wanted to say, I'm going to just share some verses. I'm going to bring them down. I'm going all the way down so I can get the verses to you. Because if you have the verses, then you could do warfare with them. And part of the